0: Hello, this is episode 256 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Riley. This podcast is going to be a sort of a one on coming out. It's one of those freestyle podcasts with no notes. It's funny, I was reading some Alice Walker over the last few days, and she talks about this space, um, which she calls groundedness. Groundedlessness. I knew I wasn't going to be able to say that. It being a Buddhist term is what I affectionately refer to as no man's land, which seems odd to call it man. But anyway, the name is kind of stuck at this point. And it's it's often a space I go into where everything is quite blank. And there's a sense of me taking in lots of information but not doing anything with it yet. So I I may end up taking a week off the podcast, I feel. So don't be surprised if there isn't any episodes for a week. I'm kind of surrounded by lots of Pride posts on social media at the moment, and I have a very long memory, unfortunately. And there was a lot of people that when I was in my very early 20s and I came out to them that, you know, they didn't behave in a very nice way. They were very distant, very weird, particularly a lot of heterosexual women. And I'm quite amused now to watch the transition and watch them all change their profile pictures for Pride and attend, you know, the the celebrations at Dublin Castle with their own children and so on. Children that weren't even born when I told them that I was gay. And it all feels a little superficial to me, to be honest with you. And I think one of the... There's a couple of things that are kind of interesting. When I came out, my parents didn't behave very well. And a lot of people who know my parents and who are close to me find that quite shocking. And the one piece of advice I always give people now when they're coming out is to take enough time to feel really good about it yourself first before you tell anybody. Because I think it's too easy to seek validation from outside in those moments and to allow other people's reactions to take them personally. And in my case with my folks, it was just quite simply that they had a different vision in their head. There was a lot they hadn't had in their own lives. There was a lot... That they tried to create in our little family unit. And I guess they had an image for that and how it was going to all transpire. And then I sort of came back and sort of almost set fire to it. And Ireland was a very different place to go as well. So it was a very different conversation. And so that was part of it that it, it didn't go with their vision that they had mapped out in their minds and they needed to readjust. That was some of the knee jerk reaction. So it was all about them, not about me. And, And most people make their reactions about them, not about you. And you need to be in a kind of a headspace to accept that. And the other part was that they had watched me endlessly struggle to have a career and to do well in education. They never wanted me to particularly follow an education route. Neither of them had themselves. They wouldn't have cared. In fact, I often find a lot of my education milestones mean very little in our family, because it's not their judge of how you do well, or what matters in life, or what makes a person good or bad, or successful or not, and so on. But they had this overwhelming fear that because I had gone through so much, that I was going to, you know, sort of... Basically, that it was career suicide for myself. And I guess what I have to to understand, which I probably didn't understand for a few years, was that they had grown up in the era of Billie Jean King and people like that, who had literally lost their careers, who had lost, you know, had been completely victimised, um, that their funding had been pulled, their sponsorships and so on. And it, again, it was a different era, and that was what they were applying. That was the logic they were applying to my life. And I always sort of said to them, well, you know, it's about how you approach people, like people treat you as you allow them to. And even though I worked in very conservative environments, and I I probably didn't pick the best areas to work in, science was particularly... Conservative and narrow minded in a lot of ways. I hate to say it. Um, academia wasn't much better. And when I started working in a college, I never made a big deal about it. But I just dropped my partner's name into a conversation if I was going out with somebody at the time. And I just made it very clear that it wasn't a secret. It wasn't something anybody could hold over me. I didn't really care one way or the other. It was just myself. It was kind of like live with it, get over yourself, gossip behind my back if you want to. But this isn't something something that you have power with. So that's another piece of advice I give people. The the less of a, a big deal you make about something, but the more open you are yourself. No one can have a hold over you. It's only if you look like you have a secret to hide. And that was a game that was played, particularly in Ireland, for a long time. And it wasn't even sorted out till after the marriage equality, because we had legislation here, which meant that you could lose your job. But having said that, there was a time where you could lose your job as a woman for becoming pregnant as well. So it wasn't just, you know, a ridicule solely designed for gay people. It was designed for everybody who wasn't living within the the church's realm and the power that they had. And I think it's easy in Ireland, too, to get into a habit of feeling that people who are religious are automatically going to be homophobic to you. And I have a lot of very religious friends from all sorts of religious backgrounds who were very open and embracing of my sexuality and that's everything from Muslims to born-again Christians to Catholics to Jews and so on. So there, there, I, I've never I've never found that a correlation and I think that can be an assumption that can be made that needs to be avoided as well. But I think for me the biggest challenge in my life when my sexuality, I very seldom end up in close relationships with gay women. There was a time where I had a lot of male friends more than female friends. There's a depth and an intensity to my friendships that it's taken me a long time to cultivate. And they are predominantly with heterosexual women now. But it took me time to find those people. And what they all have in common is that they're incredibly comfortable in their own sexuality. They don't feel that our bond or our closeness. They're the sort of people who throw their arms around me, link arms with me walking down the street. They're not inclined to care if anyone thinks we're a couple. And often people do assume that we are and make all sorts of assumptions. But they're very comfortable in that and they just laugh about it and don't care. But it took me a long time to find those friendships because we have a, an inbuilt fear in society to intimacy and that's not sexual intimacy, it's just intimacy and trust and closeness of connections. And because I don't do superficial, shallow connections, I was endlessly hurt by people's assumptions and by their insecurity and their lack of confidence in their own sexuality and the sort of assumptions that they made. And so I feel very blessed now to have a number of really, really close female friends dotted around the planet, from all sorts of backgrounds, who are so comfortable in who they are, and who are so comfortable in our, our relationship, and never question it. And I do notice that I still don't have very many gay female friends, and often their partners end up hating me, which I find quite ironic, because I actually spend a lot of time in the background keeping their relationships together. So. I'm quite entertained, really, by their animosity sometimes. So it is. It's it's an interesting journey. I'm not a massive fan of Pride because I feel like, particularly in Ireland, we use alcohol to be confident. And I find superficial confidence quite difficult to deal with. I spend my life developing confidence in people. I find it quite... Difficult to be around people who need to be wasted to be there. Again, it's taken me a long time to find people who are naturally self-contained and confident and happy in who they are. And we might drink together, but we don't drink because we need to, to actually go out and to be seen in the environments. I just find an extraordinary level of pressure and conformity and a lack of individuality and true self when I walk into a lot of these environments <laughs> I have a really vivid memory of the first time I ever walked into a women's club and I describe it as walking into a lion pen on heat and I have this I didn't realize how much of a feminist i am i don't I don't think till that moment I'll go back to that in a second but I just have this real need for women to treat each other better than men do. And that may seem, you know, like a double standard. But I was just really shocked at the behavior of women and of being groped by women. And I was just really like, it just, it just, it not only made my skin crawl, but it made me incredibly angry because I expected better of women in, in how they would treat each other. And what I realized is that I grew up in a very unique physician. When I started writing about this two years ago, like, I have never needed to be a feminist. Like, I hated pink as a girl. I hated dolls. Um, I gravitated to whatever clothes, you know, that I liked. My parents had a really good sense to me. The, the best thing they ever bought me was an imitation flying jacket when I was about four. I still, I still drew over the the fact that I had that. I still is a vivid memory. I was really into cars. Like, I've done everything from strip down a car to win the first carpentry prize in school, be the only girl on the canoeing team. But I equally made my own clothes and learned how to cook and was really into colour and art and interiors. And, you know, I could just do whatever. There was never any model on what I was supposed to be as a girl or what I was supposed to like, or what I was supposed to enjoy. And certainly not around what I could be, and what I could study, and what I could do. And I took that completely for granted. I never questioned that there would be so few women doing applied maths in university, or doing the physics course. I think I was probably the only girl in applied maths. But I didn't care. You know, I, I, I never stopped to question that I should or shouldn't be there. It wasn't on my radar to do that. And so I'm incredibly grateful to my parents. And, like, it's like night and day in in terms of one generation where my mother was expected to give up work when she got married. Now, she worked freelance, so she kind of got around that and did her own thing and did other things. And it suited her to want to spend time at home with me when I was small. But, you know, I never grew up. With the sense that I had her battles to fight or I had to be something. I just had to be me and I think being gay pretty much goes into the same category but I do find it hard to look at my social media this time every year and look at some of what I can just class as bullshit quite frankly because I remember the conversations with these people. I remember their reactions to me. I remember them physically moving away from me in social settings. I remember them being weird and disrespectful. And it's quite hard for me to just feel that all of that has gone away, that they fundamentally suddenly have the ability a few years later to truly see people in equality and to actually embrace the difference that the posts and the changing of the profile pictures actually mean something core and deep inside. Because there's still not people that I've ended up with in these really intimate relationships and friendships with. And I think that those actions speak a lot louder than some of the posts out there. So my best advice to you coming out is to take the time to feel good about yourself and to not take other people's reactions personally. What I always say to people is, you've had a lot more time to think about it than the people you're telling. And and sometimes it can seem glaringly obvious to them that they should have joined the dots and two and two equals four. But often they haven't because they've had this fairy tale fantasy in their head of how they think your life is going to look, and it seldom does.